This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Jeff Hawkins, Chris Novembrino, back for another week. Chris, there is at least the beginning of talk of reviving Lucha Underground. It would be the same type of ideas, although with a different name. You're back, baby! Back in the fold, doing yet another Lucha Underground podcast. You can quit this one and go on your merry way, and I'll retire, and it'll be great. I I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to move me on here. Make sure you put this uh, camera stuff on gallery too. The the people like it when uh, when we're on gallery and it's not it's not switching back and forth. And I'm I'm a man of the people. Yeah, I'm excited about this reboot of Lucha Underground. I, I think that there's of course been a real public clamoring for Johnny Mundo and Ricochet, the red hot Ricochet to make his way back and go back under the mask as Prince Puma. If there is ever one person who should be champing at the bit to get back onto Lucha Underground, it should be Ricochet. Uh, he, he should be paying them to relaunch this show. He should be financing it out of his own pocket. <laughs> uh, I don't know how he's going to get Pentagon back in there. I don't know how he's going to get Johnny Mundo back. I don't know how we're going to get Taya Valkyrie back. But really, Prince Puma just needs to be the near- It. I'll put it this way, too. If you have Prince Puma and you have Dario Cueto, you can kind of make everything else work around that. We are brought to you this week, or sponsored by my bookie. More on them later. Uh, yeah, and we're also on video, as usual. I hope I have the right settings for, for gallery. <laughs> Don't want to do that while we're recording, but I, I didn't change anything. But uh, on the Voices of Wrestling YouTube page. You can go there. You can, if you want to, just put it in the background and watch us as we do this ridiculous show. You can do it there too. There will be no appearance of Bobo the Wonder Monkey though, because he's not real. <laughs> um, what let's are you start off with about that. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, you could just allude to him being off camera. Um, that I you, could do, but you know. <laughs> yeah, or you just shatter kayfabe there. All right, that's fine. Uh, you know. Yeah. Hey, this this point, all three of our listeners don't care. Uh, <laughs> let's start with Peacock because the flagship had an interesting conversation. I want to kind of glom off of that. They have the they have the privilege of going going first because they record earlier than we do. But uh, reading from the Wrestling Observer, Peacock informed the Wrestling Observer that regarding the WWE content, while matchmakers or match markers, virtual scrubbing of vi- video timelines, and the ability to rewind and fast forward or start live programming from the beginning are not available on Peacock, the plan is to upgrade all those issues. They anticipate offering live pause and restart controls and scrub bar previews by SummerSlam. Regarding search, wow. entity-based discovery is on the product roadmap, and they anticipate offering searching by name by September. 
Peacock has edited off Roddy Piper versus Bad News Brown match and interview from WrestleMania 6 due to Piper wrestling in blackface. Half blackface. <laughs> they also removed a backstage segment from the 2005 Survivor Series with Bischoff, Vince Cena, and Booker T, where Vince used the N-word, not the hard E-R, but the A version, I put in parentheses, and that segment would come across terribly today. In parentheses, it came off terribly then, too. I don't know. It wasn't actually good back then, either. No. No, no. yeah. It, it, it was made not me uncomfortable okay. then, and I, <laughs> I mellowed in my old age. Right now, all content is being reviewed for standards and practices. Peacock is pushing itself as a family friendly service, and anything that doesn't meet standards will be edited out. Now, I think Joe and Rich were mostly correct here. I am team disclaimer because much like cartoons that were offensive during the World War II era, say, I believe these types of things are a product of their time and should be viewed as such. And then the uncomfortable stuff should be there to be seen and to be reviled. And also <laughs> how far we've come, although WWE, you can't really do that. I don't really have a problem with editing. It's just, I agree with them that then it becomes, okay, how much are we going to chop out of these things? I have a problem with Peacock pushing itself as a family-friendly service, and anything that doesn't meet standards will be edited out. And this is my issue here, and this is where I'm going to kind of diverge from the flagship argument, and if you don't listen to the flagship argument, we'll pretty much go through most of that here. But, it's almost like they're treating WWE as if it's real. And it's not. We know this, guys. On Peacock, because I was on the service last night, Chris, they have the very raunchy, very politically incorrect, very homophobic at times comedy, slap starring Paul Newman on Peacock. Unedited. They have the Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy. They have vampire porn for 40-year-olds on Peacock. Not so certain that some of the things that they're going to find offensive over on the WWE platform, though I understand, I understand why they're doing this, but I don't think you can then say, well, Peacock is this family-friendly network over here with our vampire soft bondage porn, <laughs> but WWE, well, that's a, that's a bridge too far. Now, let, let's admit some tr harsh truths about wrestling. There's a lot of racism in wrestling. Always has been. Some of it done by the company, some of it done for cheap heat's sake. I think there's a difference somewhat between the two. I think we've used xenophobia for decades in wrestling, whether it's <laughs> Nazis or Russians or Japanese wrestlers or, or <laughs> Jim Ross, people from the Orient, as, <laughs> as Jim Ross would say. I mean, there was a tag team in the 1990s called the Orient Express. Yes. Well, I mean, there's yeah. a train called the Orient Express, Chris. I mean, <laughs> there was a murder on it, apparently, according to Agatha Christie. Uh, you know, I can, I can handle that. Some of the sketches and some of the commentary, though. I mean, to, to really chop out everything, you're going to do a lot of muting of Bobby Heenan, because a lot of Bobby Heenan's commentary was race-based at times, I recall couple that I laughed at, one that I can probably say on air without getting in a lot of trouble, but I, I will quote, it's like, if you wrestle Ricky Ataki, you feel like wrestling him 30 minutes later. 
insensitive. I, you know, it's there's there's another one for Tito Santana that I can think of that I don't want to repeat on here, lest lest there are people listening that just edit me out of context. But I think what's going to happen here, and and Joan Rich was basically saying that they're gonna chop up all these, all all the entire archive and stuff like that to like you're gonna get like a 25 minute mid South show because the buddy Landale Butch Reed angle reeks of, of racial uh, prejudice and things like that. I don't even think we're getting that. I think we're going to get like the last 20 years of WWE. We're going to get your NXTs. You're going to get that complete catalog. You're going to get all the WWE pay-per-views. You might get WCW. You might not just kind of depends. Although most of that's been cleansed already. But I think it kind of stops at the Attitude Era. I don't think you're going to get the 70s and 80s stuff, even though they're guaranteeing all this stuff, because they can't guarantee that they're going to get to all the incestive things that happened in the 80s. Because God knows there's a lot of incestive stuff that flew in territory wrestling in the 80s, in the 90s, if we're including Smoky Mountain, and ECW isn't exactly the most family-friendly show in the mid-90s. In fact, they were politically incorrect and proud of it. I think this is going to be a homogenized archive to the point where Peacock is going to find out that the juice ain't worth the squeeze. It's going to be a cost-benefit analysis, and the cost of having people going through all the hours of this of this catalog are not going to be worth it. And here's the part that I haven't heard mentioned by anybody, Chris, and I'm interested in your thing on this. WWE really pulled a grift on this one. Because once they get this library back after five years of loaning it, oh, it's going to be scrubbed of all the difficult stuff, so to speak. And yes, now we can present ourselves as a real family-friendly. Look, this was what was on Peacock, and now it's on our network type of thing. It's a weird kind of grift that they got here where somebody else is going to have to cleanse all this stuff for us, and then we'll be squeaky clean, even though we're really the bad guy here. I don't condone anything racist on wrestling or anything like that. I'm just jaded enough where I'm used to it. If you are offended by it, I completely agree with your assessment. I am not trying to say you're wrong to be offended by this stuff. You're obviously right to be offended by this stuff. WWE's the bad guy here, but they're also the one who made the deal with Peacock. So it's, it's, it's a weird game that they're playing here. What do you think? I've talked long enough and I apologize. Okay, so a lot there, and we'll start with the actual deal that WWE brokered with Peacock, and Mm -hmm. this was actually quite clever by Vince. He'll never admit why it's clever. It's clever because essentially what he sold is a library that is unfit for public consumption, and... (laughs) It's a bit of a paradox here. Like, where, where else are you going to sell the library to? You're not going to sell it to Netflix. You're not going to sell it to any number of these places. Any of these other places, any of these other outlets would have this exact same quandary. You have a massive library of footage. A lot of it is problematic. You can't have it up on your server in this unedited way. So you have this product here, but you can't present it in the way that a normal wrestling consumer would watch it. And WWE was already having an issue with this from a different front, which is that it was hard enough to take all of this wrestling 
and archiving in a way where one could coherently step into, let's say, the second week of February 1992 and just watch every single WCW show um, during 19, starting in February, going from like Saturday night, this is pre-Nitro, so you wouldn't have Nitro, every Clash of the Champions, but getting that stuff all in sequence was hard enough, and that was without WWE in their editing and curation, trying to worry about situations like, oh golly, what if something racist gets said towards Ron Simmons? How are we going to handle that? <laughs> what Better if Harley to- Race says something racist? We're just talking about getting the bulk <laughs> amount of it on. Um, so, so on this level, it's brilliant. And, and here's where it gets really clever. Yeah, at some point down the line, they're the only purchaser for Peacock. So they will be able to buy back their same thing later on, get all of their rights back, it will be edited, and they'll get it for pennies on the dollar. So it's really dope. You're selling your house, um, getting full price va- value on it, coming back in, and buying your old house back for a fraction of what your house was. Like, it's it's a great move on oh, WWE. And they, and they refurbished it while you were at it. You know, oh, yes. look at that. Yeah, we improved but- the kitchen. We fixed yes. the kitchen. Yeah. Where the no. kitchen you've wrecked? Yeah, we fixed it. And we're giving it back to you for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. They pulled a fox on NBC to me. Because I think they went, oh, we have this network, but we really don't aren't interested in it. We want to get rid of all this content. And look, we have 2 million subscribers who will then go over to Peacock. Oh, and we are a family-friendly product, or our product can be all things to all people. We can be a sports product. We can be a family product. We can be a comedy product. We could be a dramatic product. Jeff, they don't actually watch the show. They bought the show. Now they have to watch the show because they bought it, and they're like, oh. What is this crap that we just (laughs) I I thought, I liked They Live. Roddy Piper did this? Oh whoa! Uh, they yeah. live is on the uh, is on Peacock, by the way. Hey, that's a great movie. Uh, they, it is. They, they, they live rules, uh, but that, that don't let's not let's not hate on they live. Um, but so now let's let's continue this for Peacock. So now you have bought a lemon. What do you do with this lemon that you have purchased? Uh, I want to pivot back to the idea that I pitched a couple of weeks ago here, which is a stream of. I'll use my term, badass wrestling matches. And here's what's great about the badass wrestling matches thing. It's all it's all straight wrestling, no filler. And what's good about that is you're pulling out these good matches, the best stuff from these shows, and you're not... You don't have to worry about what Rich and Joe are worried about, like where you got a Mid-South hour-long television show that's now 32 and a half minutes because it's been edited into oblivion. Instead, what we're doing is we're getting the filet steak cut out of that Mid-South thing. Boom, that's on the stream. And you can do that. Um, and for Peacock, that's the best thing they could do. They could keep adding to these playlists, keep stretching them out, make them days long, um, ultimately get them up to a week. But you're never going to be able to present week-to-week wrestling. I think what Peacock will end up doing, though, um, which will be a mistake and will be unwatchable dreck, is taking little chunks of of 1995 or the Attitude Era or the Monday Night Wars and making like 
playlists or like best of where you'll get like a random episode of Nitro and a random episode of Raw and they'll be they'll be like June, August, uh October 1996, Starcade. Uh you'll get all the pay-per-views and all that stuff if you're lucky. I bet you you'll still get all the WCW and everything like that. Um but it will ultimately be an unwatchable experience. And I think they're going to be uninterested in making it a watchable experience. They don't even have basic video playback ready for this crap. They don't have rewind ready for this crap. That's how far behind they are. So when we're talking about curating the content and making it like archivable and watchable and searchable, it's never going to happen. Best thing they could do would be to make these playlists. I, I would even go further beyond just having the stream of badass matches. Badass matches from the 70s, badass matches from the 80s, badass matches from the 90s, from the aughts, uh, the ruthless aggression era, from the the yes movement era. Um, Have that so that you've got a few different channels, so to speak. Um, it, it may be an ECW channel. Cause like here, you know, to your point, Jeff, if we're worried about all the different isms, um, ECW is going to be one of those ones you're, you need to just edit stuff. Uh, you know, get to the part where like Rob Van Dam's in the ring and start the match there. Uh, or parental a- approval, give parental approval to watch the ECW channel. That's yeah, all I want. So, so here, here's the, here's the other way that I would tackle this. Like uh, that's how I think Peacock will tackle this. I am much closer to where you're at. Look, I am paying for Peacock. I'm not, but like I'm speaking from the consumer standpoint. I'm paying for Peacock. I am here to watch wrestling. That's what I paid my 9.95 for. It's partly for the live shows, but like presumably, especially if I'm paying for the premium or the plus, or you could even make your own tier for it. If I'm paying for that tier, I am saying. I know what I'm getting into. I'm giving you money to get into that door. Please show me the things now. It's like going into a rated R movie. I expect some racy language, maybe a boob or two, um, all sorts of things. Like that's what you get at R movies because you paid to go in to see that R movie. That's how I want my wrestling to be. Give me the disclaimer. Um, make it such that if I am a parent and I own Peacock and I want to disable the WWE network, make it so that I can do that so that my kid can't accidentally go in to wrestling and all of a sudden discover Kimono Wanalea or uh, Francine or something like that. The night Kimono Wanalea danced naked atop the ECW arena. <laughs> like... It's my uh, jam. Yeah. <laughs> if you were of a certain age, you saw that commercial more times than you can count. I understand yes, yes. wanting to make sure that your 10-year-old does not experience the night that Kimono Wanalea did. No, 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 Chris, 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 little Bobby can't watch ECW, but he can watch the rest of the Peacock Network where he can get... 50 shades renewed with their with like candle wax and softcore porn and Paul Newman yelling homophobic epithets. I'm fine with parental controls. Like, look, I don't, I don't view parental controls as a form of censorship, uh, a form of canceling anything. No, parental controls are, are a parent deciding what they do and don't want to have their child watch for any number of completely understandable and rational reasons up to and including, I don't want to have a talk about this this week. And that's a good reason to not have a talk about something. I I'm there with you. I'm, I'm I'm like, why does Peacock get to decide 
what we can watch and what we can't watch when they have this other stuff on their network. I'm a little concerned with that. I understand any excuse you give me that you're going to censor stuff that's offensive. And, you know, and, and it's eventually going to get to stuff like, you know, Stephanie getting crucified on the cross when the higher power angle happened because that's yes. gonna that's gonna offend that sect no, no, of no. people I, I that think watch this it. Gets to, this gets to another great tree of this discussion that I think is equally as important, which is that once, while I am generally skeptical about slippery slope arguments being deployed um, on my other show, don't worry about the government in the realm of politics. Um, I think that in this case. If you want to consider the slippery slope discussion here when it comes to wrestling, it, it's, I mean, it's sort of endless, right? L like, wrestling is all of the different isms. Whether you're d discussing any of the questionable Undertaker angles, like crucifying the boss man, uh, like, that was pretty questionable. Yes. Everything involving Sable back in the day, obviously, I just brought yes. up Kimono Wanalea. Um, we can get into the Nation of Domination. DX Sable and her pasties are going to be persona non grata vampire porn <laughs> yeah it, you know like yeah no and, and should dx spoofing the nation be not on the network oh that's gone yeah that's gone absolutely absolutely but yeah. like then we get into stuff like uh one of the ones that i thought was interesting was uh, uh nbc has pulled the episode of monday night raw where donald trump buys monday night raw uh, Donald Trump, you might remember, was a president of the United States at one point here. But, like, uh, yeah, to my understanding, there's nothing <laughs> else about that episode that's questionable. And I don't even necessarily know that a former president buying Raw in and of itself is questionable. Um, but that's been pulled from the network. So we're already getting into – this is what I'm talking about. I'm bringing that up specifically not to mention the guy. I'm bringing that up to mention the creep, um, the, the creep of what we're defining as problematic right. content here. Um, and I think it's already becoming a problem, which is why Jeff and I are of the opinion that you really – like the disclaimer route – you're either at a crossroads now where you have to go to the disclaimer route – or you have to go into the stream and playlist mode. Um, those are your two options. Because uh, otherwise, preserving the 1,700 hours, it's not realistic. And I also don't think they're going to deploy manpower and resources to do all the curation. Or the parental approval route, where you have to, you know, you yes. have to, like, kind of like what Disney Plus has done with uh, Dumbo because of the crows and the aristocrats cats because you know we are siamese if you please oh sure that, that yeah, yeah 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 i mean they 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 own up to their history but they go okay we're gonna add this extra step so you can get it but we're not gonna cut that out of the movie necessarily or you're just not gonna be able to get it if you don't have that second step going i think that's the route to take yeah. versus versus well let, let's force some 20 year old interns to watch this crap and tell us what's offensive to them that would be okay uh, I, I mean uh, that would be a fun job for me but god i couldn't even imagine putting together those reports <laughs> there's gonna be somebody who gets gets a big job in hollywood 20 years from now you know what my first job was 
editing wrestling content for the Peacock Network. Imagine calling my supervisor and and going, hey, I think we need to discuss Killer Carl Cox, maybe. Yes, yes, we need to discuss Confederate baby faces. We need to discuss Uh, the Freebirds. Tracy Smothers might be a problem. (laughs) Little Richard Marley is going to be an issue. Um, Shaska Watley. Shaska Watley's going to be an issue. Saba Simba's going to be an issue. Trish barking like a dog's going to be an issue. Bra and panties matches are going to be an issue. Jerry Lawler. I know, I I know. Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler on the whole is going to be an issue. And of course, Takamichi Noku's entire WWF run once he intersects with uh, Val Venus is going to be a big problem. So, like, you know, it, it, even Tajiri's presentation, I love Tajiri. I think Tajiri's one, like a fantastic, fantastic wrestler. A lot of his presentation on WWE television was problematic. Um, so, yeah, I, this is why I think ultimately you, you need to have a parental throttle so that you make sure that everyone who's going in there is an adult and a paying adult at that so that NBC... If, let's say, some young enterprising journalist, uh, as Rich and Joe bring up, like there'll be some hot dog journalist who tries to bring this up and tries to throw this at NBC's doorstep. Um, should that hot dog try to do that? Hold on, hold on. Let, let's say prop bets. What what, uh, what employer will they be from? Will it be BuzzFeed? Will it be Vox? Will it be Teen right, Vogue? I, I gotta go Teen will Vogue. It- <laughs> I, just, I like to bet on an up-and-comer. And, and Teen Vogue, new kid on the block. Uh, I'm going with Teen Vogue. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, f- I feel good about this one. But uh, yes, I, I, I know the type. So someone will eventually try to show up and go, "Wow, NBC and Peacock are hosting this problematic content of wrestling." Yes. Um, and, 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 and so it's and, now and NBC's believe, fault. And if you don't believe this, um, I was going down memory lane, completely independent of this this week. Just like you know, YouTube feed throws out stuff at me. I was watching a lot of, like, documentaries on wrestling from the 90s, and you can see the disingenuous way the media went after pro wrestling in the 90s. They, they, they discovered that there was steroids in wrestling, and now us, who follow wrestling and understand the business, um, a lot of different political persuasions all across, sensibilities and all that stuff, we get steroids in wrestling and have a more nuanced and informed understanding of how it is used, who uses them, like, all these sorts of things. It doesn't make you, like, pro-steroids by any stretch, but, like, you have a a more informed understanding. Go back and watch the media treatment on steroids where everyone's like, oh, you can't, I just can't believe it, or I watched a thing, um, the Chuck Austin, he takes the rocker dropper from Marty Jannetty and and Shawn Michaels. He was a, he was a job guy in the nineties. Jannetty goes for the rocker dropper, which is a variant of the fame or later becomes the famous, sir. Um, like, and, Chuck Austin takes it really bad, like breaks his neck, is paralyzed, all this stuff. The media treatment on this, they're like, and you had, they didn't ask if you had any experience. They didn't vet you. Like they discover job guys and they're talking about job guys. Like it is the most irresponsible independent contractor scenario that that there had never been anything like this as though it didn't exist in the business for the last 30 years prior to mass transit. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so yes, there will be this disingenuous moment for Peacock and the way Peacock will be able to respond to it. I know it's a very long windup, but it, this exists and this will happen. And, and I would like the media to move away from it, but they won't. So I'm just identifying the trend before it happens. 
what what Peacock needs to be in a position to say is, yeah, everyone who's viewing this content is paying to view this, much like someone who pays to go in to see an R movie. And if you don't want to see the R movie, you don't go and see. You don't have to go and see Fatal Attraction. You don't have to go and see whatever questionable R movies in the theaters right now. Um, that you don't want your family to see. All these people are paying customers. They're all adults. We set it up so that children can't just stumble upon it and that responsible parents, if they want to take that extra step and make sure their kid never goes into the WWE part of the Peacock Network, we can make it so that you can do that. Um, and they just need to have a really simple and basic response. And I also think, uh, and I don't like betting on the collective intelligence of the American people, broadly speaking, Jeff. But I do think that people generally understand that wrestling's kind of like Jerry Springer or kind of like day court TV shows, um, and that it's like it's not it's it's not a a highbrow sort of thing. It, you know, it's a little it's it's not highbrow. It's interactive. It's supposed to elicit a response from you. It's not Law and Order SVU, which you sit back as kind of a omniscient. You know, you're watching all this happen, and you know what's going on. It's supposed to be that kind of yes, we want you to hate these people when they say these terrible things, type of thing. I thought of something though when you, when you were talking just then. That's going to be part of this article, and it's really where NBC Peacock has now kind of screwed themselves because they've started editing this stuff. They now knowingly put this content up there and are hosting it and know that it's problematic and the things they can't, they can't go ignorance. They can't plead ignorance of this stuff because they've started editing it already. Well, ignorance of the laws, as we all know, is no excuse, of course. But uh, this isn't not a law. Though. These are standards. <laughs> no, these, standards it. are laws uh, in a different way. No, um. I think that, that that all the more buttresses the idea that you, you, they have to do something dramatic, and I think you just have to put safeguards um, and, and make it very clear that people who are entering into this establishment, uh, the, the WWE Network is the establishment here, are doing so in a knowing way as adults. Um, I also think that really what does this get to the core of how absurd it has been for the last 20 years that Vince McMahon has been deluding himself the WWE television is family-friendly entertainment. When there are segments that are family-friendly and characters who are family-friendly, uh, getting a little tongue-tied there, but on the whole, the product from beginning to end, from end to end, is on a regular basis not family friendly. There is always at least one angle or one thing or something, wh whether it is right now, Reginald serving wine to Carmella, and that's her whole gimmick. How do you explain that to your 10 year old or your eight year old little daughter? Why is Carmella drinking champagne? Uh, why are the street profits talking about they want the smoke? Uh, what's in the red cup? Uh, uh, like. Well, you you oh, like you like on. you like Dad Chris? Oh, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. You think the ten year old's gonna look and go? Why are they serving champagne as opposed to how come Reginald can do thirty backflips on the apron in the middle of a when will Vince finally event? belt Reginald as the women's champion in this company? I uh, I would hope I would hope my ten year old would have that level of insight and that level of appreciation. How come people can just run through the ring in the middle of a wrestling match? Why is the entire the referee does failing the Bechdel it. test? I would love 
to see my 10-year-old daughter look me in the eyes and say, Daddy, this whole show is failing the Bechdel test, and yet professional wrestling, of all things, should be one of the easiest narrative structures in which to deliver stories that pass the Bechdel test. Uh, I would love that. But no, I, I mean, like, look, I, I think that there are problematic elements all over the place here, and... That was my point. Uh, we got we got off into the sidetrack. <laughs> something, something with kids. That's quite all yeah, right. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah. You, you think the worst thing a kid's gonna find is champagne on this product? I'm, that not, I'm talking about the current product. Stupid I'm talking about people. the current product, the one that's okay. on like so the, the 20, 2021. Um, you know, okay. let, let alone you know going back to Sable, um, or Edge and Lita <laughs> in the live why, sex show. Why is show. Apollo? <laughs> Why is Apollo Crews talking funny now, Daddy? Yeah. Uh, what is Kane doing <laughs> to Katie Vick? Oh God! <laughs> no, that's going too. That's out. Yeah, no, that's I, totally I, I know. Uh, so I, I just, it, I, I think they they've got to do something. I do. I I think that part of WWE's bet here is at some point Peacock gets fed up with this and sells it because I think what they'll end up doing. As to close this thing, what I opened up with, I think the most likely thing that happens is Peacock edits this into playlists, not like what I'm talking about with individual standalone matches, but like isolated shows that are like not in any sort of coherent rhythmic order. Um, so that you have like a Monday Night Raw five weeks go by, another Monday Night Raw five weeks go by. Peacock will not appreciate the fact that wrestling is a linear object. Um, and it needs mm-hmm. to be done week to week, station to station. And if you don't do that, you don't, you, you don't have, you don't have the main thing at that point. So then at that point, you're reduced down to showing the pay-per-views because most of the pay-per-views, like especially all the WWE ones have recap packages. So they'll explain the angles well enough so that people understand what's going on on those shows. Like I, I, I Kane and the undertaker, or the WrestleMania angle, the video package on that's actually really amazing. Uh, on the video for WrestleMania. So, like, they'll have things like that. Um, and then they will have these little isolated shows that won't make any sense. They should do, a stri- like, a playlist of just matches. They probably won't. And I think people won't watch this thing. And then I think Peacock will ultimately decide that it's not worth it or we will keep doing the streaming thing and maybe sell back the archives to WWE and keep a, a, a joint deal where they continue to do the live shows and have a small little library of matches just to say that they've got some WWE stuff up there. And their reality programming probably yep. too. And, yeah. and and that will be the deal. And ultimately, WWE ends up with this library, um, which will, for us as consumers, probably be the best thing. Uh, I think that WWE, here here's, they will make their money, but hopefully the rest of the industry will realize that there is no actual market for this library because it is so problematic in nature. Um, the only person who could ever own it and stream it and present it really is WWE. Let's give a shout out to our sponsor. March is here and the madness has officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with my bookie. Select the winners from 63 tournament games. No longer 63. We're getting in the Sweet 16 this weekend uh, for a chance at $10,000 in cash prizes. 
doesn't matter whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting the national championship winner, or simply looking for player and game props. That's the fun stuff is the live game stuff. MyBookie has you covered. Sign up today at MyBookie.ag and use promo code ROPES, R-O-P-E-S, to secure a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Make sure you use my promo code so they know we hooked you up. That's promo code ROPES to claim your first deposit bonus. College ball, NBA, and NHL, no matter the sport, no matter the minute, MyBookie puts the action in your hands with in-game live betting. And with the choice of thousands of lines and odds, you can turn any game day into payday. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Once again, MyBookie.ag, use code ROPES, and get up to $1,000 of a deposit bonus. And we thank them for sponsoring us. They will be sponsoring us throughout the year, as well as other shows on the Voices of Wrestling Network. Let's get into other news here. I think we went long enough on Peacock. I don't know if I want the Peacock gig anymore. They're still looking. Um, <laughs> I, I gotta <laughs> we'll tell see. you, like the the Peacock gig sounds like a real quandary. Or, or th- what it has to open up with is an earnest conversation about what you have purchased now. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I would only, I would not take the job prior to having that conversation with them. Of like, look. Here's what you, you've got on your hands here. And I would love to work with it, but we need to figure out a way where we can present this. Uh, one last thought on that. Um, from WWE's standpoint here, I know we said this is like a good deal financially speaking because they'll be buying back the network at some point. That's great and all, except that we have this downward trend in professional wrestling over the last decade. Viewership is down in a substantial way across the board. Ever since the Wednesday Night Wars have begun, viewership is down. Yeah, it's like only like 10% that could, you know, spring back at some point, but it's still 10% trending in the wrong direction after nearly a decade of trending in the wrong direction um like at some point you need to start trending in the right direction and the way one would start trending in the right direction is by getting this wrestling content onto a mainstream outlet like a peacock onto a mainstream place like a youtube um so wwe yeah on one hand could go hey we'll be buying back our house for pennies on the dollar and like that is funny um that's cool but they also want to grow the brand out long-term, not Vince necessarily. Long-term is maybe not what he's so worried about these days. But other people who will be managing that company long-term and that company as an entity long-term needs to be thinking about how do we grow out our audience again? How do we get wrestling back into viewers? There are more Americans now than there were 20 years ago. That's how population works in this country. Um, and yet viewership is down by a substantial margin. Um, like in raw numbers, which tells you the percentage is a real ass kicking. Um, so when you really think about it like that, WWE and professional wrestling writ large has lost cachet. They need a mainstream foothold somewhere and something to get back into that, that public culture vernacular. Late last week, uh, it seems like it's old news, but we haven't covered it yet. Manuel Andrade released on 321, six days after he first requested a release. He'd been either happy or unhappy based on whether he had been used well since his signing with WWE in 2015. When he was one of the biggest stars in Mexico as La Sombra, he has basically not been used since Paul Heyman was taken off Raw Creative. He does not have the standard 90-day no-compete clause, which is very, very interesting because you have to have someone with pull to be able to get you out of that little uh, thing, and I think he does. 
But uh, Andrade. I've, I've been told he has to a way with other words. opportunities. I, yeah, and a way with women. Uh, <laughs> this uh, this is interesting. I don't think he ends up in AEW immediately. I think he'd he'd make a great addition, but you know, it's it's another thing where hey, we have Phoenix and we have uh, Pentagon and we want Laredo Kid. Do we need Andrade? I, they love these Andrade's large f- factions, though. I could totally see Andrade slotting yeah. in there specifically because they have all those people. And AEW's approach has been, I would argue, very much to a fault. The more, the merrier in every single one of these stables and every single one of these factions. Um, and I like. I also think, look, AEW has wanted to buy things that WWE has not used. Andrade has been a very hot ticket item um, in, in terms of the pro- professional wrestling market. Like, he, he's a guy who AEW would want. Um, I would also, if I was AEW, not be rushing to get him because Andrade's negotiation power is fairly limited right now because he just got released from WWE. WWE is not going to be in the market to get him back under contract again. Um, so AEW doesn't want to be negotiating against themselves. I could see a route where he wants to do more than one company, probably one in Mexico. The, yeah. And if there, I'm on Drotty, that that's issue, probably the best strategy for my negotiation power. Well, there, there's the issue with CMLL and, AA, and AAA not getting along. Um, New Japan, if someone will let him work with them, I could see him doing a dual thing with that because they, of course, have Los Ingobernables de Japan. Over there, I'd love to see and him he'd in make the G1. a yeah. Ring of Honor is another possibility because Roosh is there. That's his best friend, and he, they were Los Ingobernables. But I don't see them doing ROH and New Japan because New Japan is now dealing with AEW. There, he has options and he has leverage. It just depends on the big money and where it is. And right now, other than WWE, it's AEW. Maybe New Japan overpays for him. I could see, and, but, and like uh, AEW has the TV relationship. I I, I think the the big yeah. big news here for AEW this week uh, is that they keep adding more television programming with TNT. TNT keeps uh they they, they add another reality TV show. I think it was uh, the Brandy Rhodes thing that she's doing. That, I was gonna get to yeah, that. Yeah, bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you um know, so like. If you are a wrestler and you want to get TV time and not just necessarily in-ring time, although AEW now has a lot of in-ring time if you want to just get matches in a ring on camera uh, between dark and dark elevation and elevated darkness um, and all the other... And the yet-to-be-named third hour of AEW Dynamite or whatever that they're still planning on rolling out here at some point. Um, There's more. They've been talking about more, Hawkins. Um, it's, it's a lot of content. It's a lot of content. Um, what, what stories do we have next? Charlotte Flair announced she had COVID-19. She missed the March 15th and March 22nd raw. We're told she is getting better. She was slated for a match with Oscar at WrestleMania. I suppose it, this is Dave speaking. I suppose it's possible to add her and they wanted to announce a match. Usually the company goes with two weeks and a case from before March 15th in theory would be fine by April 10th, but every case is different. It's a surprise they'd take her out for a case from nearly a month earlier, but that's what happened. There was some speculation that there might have been some hardball being played by Charlotte in terms of Andrade's release. 
But she also announced when that speculation came up that she had COVID. Chris, any thoughts? It's okay to say no if you don't. <laughs> no, no, because okay. uh, yeah, they'd be so they'd be so speculative uh, yes. and like so conjectural that I I'm not in a place to I'm not in a place to know. Now it's interesting because right now we don't have any multiple team or wrestler schmazes going on on the card. They're mostly one on one, with the exception of the aforementioned triple threat. Actually, it wasn't mentioned yet, but the triple threat that's going to happen for uh, for Roman Reigns' title. You know, sitting out there without a match right now because those plans fell through is Bailey, uh, and she's not on this card. They could always just add Charlotte and Bailey at some point here and and be done with it. But I also would not be shocked if Charlotte nor Bailey were on this card on WrestleMania. Yeah, neither one of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it just. Or Battle seems, Royal or whatever. That seems you know. so crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I bet Bailey's in the Battle Royal, but uh, that is very weird. I, and think it they alluded to, I think they alluded to Bailey during the Sasha, uh, during the Bianca Belair thing. I think it's very possible they just put those two back together. I think that, that Bailey that and be- Sasha reunite now as heels, and yeah. Sasha is helping, or Bailey is helping Sasha. Which, which doesn't explain Hell in the Cell because, well, you know, who cares about history? <laughs> there's something there's something for the peacock editors to do yeah try and make sense of these timelines when they just drop stories go with that uh yeah i don't have anything if she has covid i hope she gets well and look i could see a case from two weeks ago being so detrimental to your health that it takes a while to get your cardio back up and things. yeah I, I mean look look uh you, you have things like long haulers uh who literally have lingering symptoms that go on for months um a number of athletes have bounced back from this just fine a number of wrestlers have bounced back from this just fine some wrestlers have gotten this and have been out for prolonged periods of time uh you know because that's how COVID 19 works uh they, they started to identify uh, I think the genetic marker or whatever that uh, seems to kind of tell if you're going to have more of a hard time. And so people will eventually be able to get tested and be aware on that front. That, that That's not widely available at this point. Uh, and so, yeah, I think, look, uh, the two weeks thing is good. If you're not showing any symptoms at the end of two weeks, you can come back. Um, but two weeks is really based on this idea that you're not showing any symptoms at the end of two weeks and you're feeling all right. Um, you can't know that. Um, some people, COVID-19 lasts for two months. TNT officially announced a new reality show that will air later this year called Roads to the Top. It will be a weekly 30-minute show on Cody and Brandy Rhodes, built around them both as wrestling stars and working behind the scenes as executives trying to build a new company. Other business endeavors, including the training school with QT Marshall and a cast of friends and family pushing Cody as the son of Dusty Rhodes and being part of a legendary wrestling family with his mother as part of the cast. Brandy is being pushed as the first black woman executive in the history of pro wrestling. Uh, okay. Uh, you it, know, it, it's reeks of Hunter and Stephanie, only it's Cody and Brandy. Uh, Ms. and Mrs. Yeah, a little bit. Well, no, no. This is like, oh, we're running the company. We're a power couple. Oh, we're racing kids. Like, this is what, this is the shtick that Hunter and Stephanie did a decade ago. Yeah, let me put it to you this way. If this is a pure reality show where they are actually acting as documentarians of these two as they go through their day-to-day life, probably interesting. 
I don't know. I think everybody thinks that their life's more interesting than it actually is. If this is Chrisley Knows Best or every other reality show, which How has like ex- executive producers who are comedians and sketch comics coming up with wacky situations for the... Oh, my God. We had a birthday cake that we had ordered, and wouldn't you know it, on the way home, it fell and crashed on the back seat. Herda, herda, herda. What the... Those reality shows suck. And, and I hate the genre, but a lot of people watch them, but they suck. <laughs> so I, watch I, I, I cannot believe that you, you're going to just come on the cast and malign... Chrisley, of all people. Okay, how about the uh, real Chrisley, world? Where of, you got a bunch of, of 20 somethings drunk. Best. So they'd sleep with each other in this expensive house that none of them could ever probably afford otherwise. And now all of them think uh, that they're. But that's you how know, we got the got, challenge. Screw you've that. gotten to the, the problem with all reality television, right? Like, no one's life is really interesting enough to make steady documentaries of and television of like if you were going to make a season of like reality television of someone you would have like a camera crew with like me or hawkins just in this example for like a year and then that crew would kind of like dog ear different stuff that happened during that year and make an episode of that um like but that's a very expensive process that's not something that you can just do um, or that largely it normally is not just budgeted out. So instead, what you end up with is people trying to fake reality, um, which especially with Cody and Brandy, I definitely see it going that route. And, and, and even I don't think they have the ability to be candid like that um, for like this camera documentary crew that's in their life. I also don't think that reality television is a medium that delivers that candor. I think reality television has always been a misnomer. It's not reality. Um, it, it's a work. It's essentially like it, it's pro it, wrestling. It's it pro really wrestling is. documentaries. Yeah, no, it's 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 a documentary um, that is kayfabe. It's a kayfabe doc. Yeah. I gave her a rose. Why doesn't she love me? <laughs> Stupid. On this island, any temptation <laughs> is completely allowed. By the way, you can watch Temptation Island on the Peacock Network. <laughs> Which is like an entire show that is premised on infidelity and like, yes. yeah, transient sexual relationships. Family friendly cheating on your girlfriend. That's what that stuff is. Right well, uh, uh, Fundamentally, not monogamy, not family friendly. <laughs> Uh, Hall of Fame additions that we have not yet announced. Uh, Eric Bischoff, Kane, Rob Van Dam, and the great Kali. Coco, beware. You're off the hook, brother. <laughs> great Kali is here to Man, bring between, it to that India. And, and the great Kali. I cannot wait to watch this year's Hall of Fame playlist on the Peacock Network. <laughs> where I can see some of the best of matches here. Get a little Punjabi prison going on here. A little bit of that aforementioned Undertaker versus Kane at WrestleMania match that stunk it up. Uh, maybe an Inferno match in here. Yeah. Not much of a major note with Wednesday night ratings. AEW placed sixth for the night with 757,000 viewers and a .30 in 18 to 49. That's 384,000 of that 757,000. Up from last week, but still below the usual .32 level. 
because of the challenge, mostly, I would say. NXT was 29th with 678,000 viewers, 0.14 in the 18 to 49 demographic, 183,000 viewers, only up slightly from last week's third lowest number in the history of the show. Wrestling is not cool. That's, uh, you know, well, you know, they're very happy with the top five show every night, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I get that. I get that and they're making money. has changed, yeah. and it's niche, and they're making money. Yep. I get all that. Yeah, yeah, AEW and WWE have both found models that are making them money, but it's not yes. cool. Yeah, it's not cool. That's all you're going to say cool. about that. Yep. So now we can get into a little bit of grab stalk, although we spent a lot of time on news, so we may just want to gloss over this. No, thing. no, uh, no. I, 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 I want to bring the content to the people. Uh. Number one, I want to shout out Andrew Rich for thinking of a much better title for our for our show last week than I came up with on the fly, which was uh, Flowers for Algebron, which would have been much better. <laughs> uh, but I will I will start with this note, also from the Wrestling Observer. Pertaining to WrestleMania, there have been a number of changes in recent weeks. The biggest, the Universal title match, where Edge turned heel at Fastlane, God, that happened a week ago. <laughs> Where Edge turned heel and screwed Daniel Bryan in his fast lane match and he's with like, Reigns he's like, on March twenty first. Kind of a heel. I, we we got to talk about that. We got, we have to talk about that. That was a late change stemming from a decision made by Vince McMahon that he wanted a number of things changed, including Reigns versus Edge. Numerous suggestions were made by a lot of people, most of which were said to be bad. One eventually greenlit was adding Brian to the match, which everyone agreed to. At that point, the feeling was Brian would be the face. There was a lot of conjecture with Reigns would have been, or there was a lot of conjecture that Reigns would have been cheered over Edge. <laughs> what? And that may have happened and may have led to Edge going heel. But we're told that was not the reason the match was changed. One person close to the situation said that the age issue, not as much the number as the look of age, quote, he was looking older each week with Edge was a concerning point. But really, it was said it was just McMahon wanting to shake up the plans. Now, there is a simple way to get around Edge looking older, and that is to actually admit that he's older. Stop and maybe, presenting you know, the... <laughs> him like he is in his mid-twenties. Yes! Yes. He came back. I, I loved it when he came back with the gray hair and stuff. Like, like, like much like old man Ciampa in NXT, who is starting to kind of transition to his old man look. And it looks great. It's awesome. It works. It's tough. You you can be a tough old man. Like, like we are aware of this trope. It exists. It's existed in wrestling. It exists in reality. Edge can be one of these tough old men. What he needs to not be... um is like let's say Jeff else. Hardy painting his face like he's still a 22 year old yeah going out there and wrestling the same match and, and, every and, and, week and Hardy at least it I mean it frankly with the face paint and everything it works better with Hardy um Edge does not you're like you know yeah you look at his face yeah like uh, you know his cheeks are a little sunken yeah sure uh at the top of his crown it's starting to go a little thin on him um you all of this is completely surmountable stuff if you don't insist that the man is still somewhere in his mid to late 20s. Boy, that snap on the spear doesn't have as much bite as it no, used. No, it sure <laughs> wouldn't. It, he came back from a broken neck. Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. It's a nice observation. It, he, it's I mean, not 2004 anymore. Here's an idea. Give him a different finisher. You just gave Apollo Crews the angle slam. 
I mean, there, there has to be something that nobody else is using. Give him a different accent. Give the rock bottom, for God's sake. I mean, it's not like Dwayne's coming back. Uh, how about the downward spiral, which was his old finishing move, which he could deliver yeah. very easily. It's just a reverse STO. There's nothing give to Chris, it. Give Christian's finisher while we're at He could do the unprettier in the uh, – uh, he could do the impaler. Uh, he could yes. do, yeah, he could do any. The any, Impaler's great. Uh, the Impaler's a great move. Uh, uh, the Impaler's a dope move. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, he could say gay, gay girl could gift it to him, uh, which would actually be a fun be a fun bit to have on TV too. Uh, yeah, like no, uh, there's any number of different options with Edge. Just stop presenting him like he's still the young guy. Uh, yeah, no, I, that this drives me crazy. But but you're also now. I, this makes it make more sense why the who's the good guy thing is so shades of gray right now between Edge like, and Brian. Like Edge, shades of gray. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, that whole fast lane thing was so contrived and ridiculous. And, of course, of course Daniel Bryan's going to accidentally hit him with a chair. And I didn't like fast lane overall. I liked that last match. But it w- it went about how we thought it would, you know. No, Fastlane was a bad show. Fastlane minus, minus the minus the last match. Fastlane was a bad show. They You're didn't just even... grieving because Retribution's done and <laughs> Slapjack and everybody else walked out on their leader. I, I view this Who, as who's gonna feed Hogan? Now? My question. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, so, so that's fine. Ali can go and feed Hogan. I view this as in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase 
by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. One, one step closer to the North American or the American title, U.S. title, whatever it's called. Uh, it's important. We want it. Um, two, one step closer to Slapjack subculture. <laughs> so... You know what's gonna happen is they're, they're gonna they're gonna give everybody else gimmicks except Slapjack because he talks like a funny Australian and he's still gonna be the weird guy with the I, hockey he's mask. He's still going to. I I would actually love it if Slapjack became like perma jobber on WWE television and like that was his job to be like the Brian Adias of WWE <laughs> 2021. Well, they at least pushed Adias eventually in world class. He stunk in NWA, but yeah. I- uh, yeah, I'm, I'm talking uh, when he was on uh, Global Championship Wrestling. Oh, Global Brian yeah, Adias. Yeah. yeah. When, he, when, no he's body definition. Vet, when he's a yeah. grizzled vet with no body definition. <laughs> None. Still hadn't developed any promo skills. <laughs> this is an unnecessary he, burial of Brian Adias, but I don't care. Classic no-tool player. I... There's a there's an episode of uh, Worldwide, which you can no longer get on the WWE Network, where it's just Tully's just trolling the hell out of uh, Brian and Deason. Okay. It's like, dude, get angry or something. Come on. Uh, yeah, let's talk all things main roster now, because it's just... I <laughs> I hated this, this Hurt Business thing. It's like... <laughs> it's like Shelton's lost all concept of he's become Cedric too. Yes. When the whole story <laughs> this whole time is that there's a rift between Shelton and Cedric from day one. They don't see eye to eye. They didn't see eye to eye when Cedric came into the group. Shelton looked eyes askance at Cedric when he joined. They became tag team champions. They were not on the same page when it came to finishes. Uh, Cedric was the hot dog. Shelton Benjamin was the cool, more measured veteran guy who's maybe getting ignored in favor of the hot dog. That was the tension, the dynamic. And now Shelton is as inept as Cedric and you're right. He's Cedric too, and it makes no sense. And you get punished for paying attention. Why is wrestling not cool, Jeff? Because I feel stupid. Because I understand this story so well that I feel dumber for understanding this story because it's a dumb story being told in the exact wrong way. I just want Vince yelling, "Stars can't have friends." That's why we're doing this. <laughs> Which is why they're doing this, pretty much, is because they want to separate him from his faction because what's probably going to happen is they're all going to turn on Bobby Lashley after including MVP right after the match for losing. And, and, and that's going to make Lashley no sense. And will be stuck in the mid card yes. by the end of the year, by the end of the year. Mark my words. This hurt business thing is a top of the card last to the next WrestleMania sort of gimmick with MVP as his mouth. Like we know MVP and Lashley is a time tested gimmick. Shelton Benjamin is Shelton Benjamin. He's a great wrestler. Cedric 
Cedric Alexander is a great wrestler. This is a quality faction that has been criminally mishandled, has not been explored as a babyface unit at all, and never will be, um, and has not been used as the vehicle to make Bobby Lashley the credible heel champion so that when you take the belt off of Lashley, it means something. And when Lashley goes to chase the belt again, it also means something. They think that they can just hotshot this, but there will be no audience to get behind Bobby Lashley. And Bobby Lashley, even as heel champion, never had that signature badass brutal yeah he was the heel in that match but god that was a good match match at a summer slam or whatever where he just beat the tar out of a Brock Lesnar or something like that I, I don't not Brock obviously but somebody Samoa Joe not Samoa Joe obviously somebody <laughs> no but like a, a person with Sheamus even you know like he's Sheamus been having banger matches him and Sheamus have a banger match where he just beats the tar out of Sheamus and like they just you know they're brutal mess. They were trying they, for that Monday. They were trying for that Monday. Yes. I don't think they got there. No, because they're because they're trying to do all of these beats in super fast succession so that none of them mean anything. And and a lot of these beats are very crowd dependent. This is the thing that they seem to understand on some level, or or at least they're in a rush to be back in front of fans. Um, but they also don't understand where that matters and where it doesn't. And, and in a presentation of Lashley like this, I think Lashley's face could work. But it only is going to work, one, I think it'll only work with MVP as his mouthpiece. Because, like, Lashley on his own, his baby face, it ain't going to work, bro. It ain't going to I like Lashley. I think Lashley's great. I've been a booster of Lashley for upwards of a decade. He's not going to work as a standalone baby face. He needs MVP. Drew's killing all these fools on Monday, isn't he? Like, in, like, a gauntlet or even, like, a one-on-eight handicap match or whatever it is. I mean, you have... The Lucha House Party. You have Umberto Carrillo wearing the rock at 13. Uh, turtleneck and gold chain. You have Drew Gulak. You have Tazawa standing Poor there like a Umberto ninja. Umberto Carrillo. I, 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 has there ever been a guy where it's like, you know, uh, it's like a new car smell. You get into a car. It's got the new car smell. You get back in six months later. The car's not that much older. And yet, like, the new car, like, bing and the new car smell is completely gone. Umberto Carrillo, I feel so bad for this guy because that moment where he was like young, up-and-coming babyface, like it got stolen away from this guy. And now like he's just another Dominic guy. Mysterio here. Yeah, he's just he, – he, he's Dollar General Dominic Mysterio, which yes. is ridiculous. And then there's Ricochet in his, funny, in his funny hat stage, I guess. Just, he, he, I'm gonna wear this prop and see if people notice. He's turned into that guy, like he's reached that age where where <laughs> you're getting a little bit old. You look in the mirror, you're no longer like the young man you once were. You're noticing a little bit of a little bit of this, a little bit of the wrinkly stuff happening, and you're like, time to shake it up, time to shake it up. I know it'll do it. Oh, I did trilby. that. Trilby, <laughs> I'm doing a trilby. This is cool. I'm bringing it back, like. I had my sweater vest phase and my page boy cap. I was going for a look. and I don't think it worked necessarily because I'm never going to be cool or stylish. And then <laughs> sweater. They're like, why are you wearing sweater vests? I'm going because because uh, the, the woman who was giving me tips on headshots goes, you know. Watch Doug a whole lot. No, you're, 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 a middle, you're a middle management type. Wear a sweater vest. And then I, 
I like sweater vests. I can't help it. Okay. <laughs> Do you like sweater vests? Because that ain't more. Okay. Did you like that because it provided side ventilation? Like, did you like showing off it was, the guns? You know what it was? You know what it was? It was the fact that I wasn't just wearing a button-down shirt. And, uh, you know, it, it provided that extra layer of protection if I was, like, eating a hamburger or something. Then you just take the sweater vest off it. Okay. All right. I, I know. I, I, no, I want to understand. You're like, I like sweater vest. I'm like, all right. So, like, well, let's get to this. I don't let's- know. It, it, look, I'm not, I'm not a clothes guy. I, I've always been T-shirt. Maybe long sleeve shirt and short sleeve shirt over it and blue jeans guy. But I've always had to work in places with business casual. And I hate business casual. <laughs> I hate it. I hate wearing khakis and non sneakers and things like that. And, you know, it was just, it was trying a look to appeal. Possibly that I had some modicum of class or style or something, which I've never had. I'm never going to be cool. I've never had a lot of style. I hadn't dated a lot. Come on, Chris. I had to try something. <laughs> and, and you my, thought my, sweater, sweater vests were going to shake up the I dating didn't say, scene. I did not think that necessarily, but just a general... Oh, I had lost a lot of weight at that time, which I have since gained back. You know, it was just something... Look, this... this, this Tangent so is not going my way, and I need to, to undermine all this progress. You I make need all... to cut this off. I need to cut this off because this is embarrassing me right now. And no, I'm not I, I felt like we were getting we were getting someplace really real. Feeling and, judged. And... No, you're you're being you're, you're being loved. You're being loved. I'm not, if, I'm if, not taking if crap talking, from Seth Rollins. Okay? If you were <laughs> talking to Cody, okay, wow. Sounds like <laughs> sounds like you were talking to Cody. I was gonna say if you were talking to Cody, he'd be mocking you. Maybe I'm I should not be more. Maybe I should be more like Cody, honestly. Okay. Uh, okay. No, maybe I, I, I was should, just. Maybe I should more openly mock you. I was. I, 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 I gotta tell you, <laughs> Cody's been sending me gifts, whether they are topical or not, involving Seth Rollins. Ever since the Seth Rollins thing has started, <laughs> uh, there are some in the audience, not Cody, who are good natured about this and, and don't mean anything bad about this. You're not being targeted here. Um, you're not being mentioned here. Uh, people like Cody. Um, and yourself are mean spirited about it and, and uh, bring up the Seth Rollins thing as a way to try to push my buttons. And I think that that's really awful. <laughs> I was it's just trying thing. to have, I was just trying to have style, Chris, and that style was substitute teacher. And you- <laughs> I, I think it was Doug funny, uh, which makes me I never have se- seen Doug. I'm too old for Doug. So I don't okay. necessarily get the reference. I've seen who Doug is, but yeah. Uh, is a WrestleMania match being worth built upon? Over being embarrassed by being put in a spin by Cesaro? 22 times! times. Yeah, no one does that to me! (laughs) I I love that, like, WWE is trying to act like this is a record, and there's absolutely no way that this is (laughs) 22 is the record spin. Because I know that, like, at a WrestleMania, they did a big, like, Cesaro spin thing. Back, back, uh, during the Yeslemania era, Cesaro was pretty hot at that point. There was a lot of pushing to push Cesaro from people and a way of kind of taking advantage of some of that. WWE would have Cesaro do these big Cesaro swing spots. Like he was a heel and they'd still have him do these big Cesaro swing spots. So I know that he got way higher than 22 swings. Uh, Mm. So for them to act like that was some sort of record, it wasn't (laughs) particularly impressive. Uh, Seth Rollins doesn't have any sort of lingering effects from it. Uh, I, I guess they will just 
they will probably actually set the WrestleMania record for number of spins, and that will be the whole purpose of that match. And Cesaro will win that match. But they've done a terrible job. Like, one last thought on this. They did a terrible job using Shinsuke Nakamura throughout the setup of this. Um, Nakamura could have been a wonderful character to have get seriously injured or be in serious peril at some point by Seth Rollins have Seth Rollins like seriously threatened to break this guy's knee or something like that and have Cesaro come and save the day have Cesaro seriously injure Shinsuke Nakamura and then Cesaro is out there to come and get revenge for what Seth Rollins has done to Shinsuke Nakamura um like but what they did today like Cesaro goes and checks on Nakamura, and Nakamura's like, I'm okay. Um, and then Cesaro's like, you'll regret doing this. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm up to have that kind of deep bro- Hey, yo, I'm okay. Go <laughs> Remember when we thought that that whole gauntlet match thing was going to start into a push for Nakamura? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, think, I think the mistake here was making Rollins go crazy over the big sp- – what? What's he? It's not the big spin. What does he call the it? The giant swing. The giant swing. Thank you. Close. Uh, if he had done, and it's one of the worst promos out there, but I still laugh hilariously at it. Ninety-four ECW. Uh, Too Cold Scorpio is in a feud with Matt Bourne, who's uh, <laughs> unhirable doink. anywhere else. Y- yeah. But yeah. no, he's he's that doink. But he's born again. Born again, yeah. But he's putting the clown mask on people as a humiliation thing, and kind of. If you, and, and this thing, Scorpio cuts this promo like, could not believe you put that clown mask on me, the humiliation. You know, I mean, just dead serious about this. If if, if Rollins had come out like that, I can't go to family functions anymore because I was put in a giant swing. Do you know how embarrassing that is? Do you know how emasculating that is for me as a man? (laughs) So what he needs to be doing is he needs to come out with sunglasses on and sell that he has a case of vertigo. Yes. He needs needs to act like he's been seriously injured by this. Uh, No, I I mean – I'm being dead serious. Yes. I, know, I know it's like it's just it's gonna be funny. It's gonna you know be it, it, done right. It should be funny as hell. Like if MJ he should not he should was, not he should not camp it up at all. Just come out no, and go. Straight, straight I have up. serious vertigo because of this giant swing, and it, I may try, it may ruin my yeah, yeah yeah yeah. But you gotta use the WWE vernacular and say this might ruin my WrestleMania moment for this year. <laughs> you have decimated my chances to have Decimate. a WrestleMania. Yeah yeah. <laughs> it's more like WrestleMania now for me. Seth Rollins ever since this giant swing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, that's the way they need to handle it. Uh, anyways, go ahead. Uh, so Braun Strowman. <laughs> we forgot about last week. They started this double dare angle and I, and you don't, you didn't yeah, we forgot the watch, green slime. You didn't grow up watching Nickelodeon, but I'm telling you, Jeff, if you need to understand where Chris, Green Slime that, was around when I was a kid, and you can't do that on television when I was like ten. So yes, right, it has but, been but around. Shane McMahon resembles Mark Summers of Double Dare yes. at this point. Yes, he and, does. And once you introduce the hopscotch, uh, we are very close oh to a Double Dare style challenge um, <laughs> with the Green Slime and everything. Braun Strowman needs to go down through the uh, the mouth. The mouth tongue thing with the yeah, <laughs> he fishes out something from a nose. Um, like I want them to do an obstacle course at WrestleMania. That needs I, to be the, see, the match. I've been trying to think what is 
what is a wrestling match that will prove you're not stupid? Even though every other gimmick match has people that act stupid. Slowly up the ladder. Not not leaving the cage to the door when you have a chance. I, I'm thinking spelling bee? Maybe Who wants to be a millionaire? A game of chess? Some trivial pursuit? Odyssey of the mind? We could have an entire Odyssey yeah, of the mind yeah. type of thing? You, you remember chess boxing? you see where i'm going with this one (laughs) chess boxing uh vaguely okay i i remember was they what were the rules of that did they like make a move and then like have like a round and then the next round of moves so like the, the game is timed and so is the boxing match so i think you have like a minute or two of boxing and then you have like three or four minutes of chess and then a minute or two of boxing. Like I, I could look up the specific rules about <laughs> chess, box, but, but like it, you, you oscillated back and forth from getting punched in the head. What, what are we doing? I mean, this is, and, and the end, I know, I've, I've heard that they've been on different weeks. I just have never noticed the train sounds when he's running around the ring. Can we, can we? The train sounds are so. This, who is this for? Like, think, think about this. WWE knows that their demo is not the demo. Their demo is like old people. Uh, can we like, get the Quad City DJs to get, yeah. come on the train and ride it? And the rights to it? And as soon as that he starts would be running around the ring. their demo. It would be better off having Dennis Miller out there making 80s topical references. I uh, haven't seen a train like that since <laughs> Runaway Train with John Voigt in it in 1978. <laughs> get Miller on commentary. I don't think I've seen a, t- I don't think I've seen a train stunt that well put off since Buster Keaton did it in the General. <laughs> <laughs> since Fitzcarraldo, yeah, 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 yeah. like. <laughs> oh dear God, that's such, this is such a crappy WrestleMania, and yet because of the constraints. They've done the right thing and built nothing but one-on-one matches with the exception of the triple threat, but all the one-on-one feuds. These angles all just suck. Yeah, yeah, they it, all just suck. They just I mean, suck. It's, it, it, and they've all fought each other 50 times already, and it's but like, just... This, is the, this has to be, of all the permutations of Owens and Zayn, this is the absolute bottom of the barrel, most boring iteration of the <laughs> Sami Zayn Kevin Steen feud in their entire career. Uh, you can watch them all he, and not he, find something worse than this documentary crap. He bullies. <laughs> oh, by the way, we're getting Logan friggin' Paul next week. Can we take Thank the God. Paul brothers between Jacob and Luke or what? what what's it, uh, Logan? And can we just shoot them onto an Elon Musk rocket onto Mars? These two wastes of space who the kids love on the YouTube, even though was it Logan Paul who did that thing in the Japanese suicide yeah, I was just forest. Logan, Logan Paul. I, that's what Is I he going to be edited for the Peacock now? <laughs> I'm like WWE, who again wants to be family friend. Like they didn't see this. It's a good this. get. I mean, it, no, it, it is a good get, but like. He, Logan Paul's kind of in that PewDiePie era. Like, PewDiePie's a little more problematic. <laughs> but, like, he's in that area of, like, people who 
do like edgelord content stuff and so like inherently you're you're doing problematic stuff and yeah like i thought the logan paul thing and to your point logan paul's big claim to fame is that japanese incident is this week um given the current news climate really the best time to be booking logan paul an open question for discussion or a discussion that should have been had before you booked the guy <laughs> nxt gonna book steven crowder for their thing. yeah <laughs> oh my god uh yeah we have <laughs> we have we have Sasha and uh, and Bianca. No Reginald involved yet. Thank God. Sounds like they're gonna. But like I said, they alluded to on commentary that maybe Bailey is gonna get real. After that I, hell I was really cell. missing Reggie on uh, the show today. Uh, like, I, yeah. It, I, after all the crap on Raw that he did, come on. Yeah, but I just that that was so long ago. I oh, I, 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 I could use say. him on Friday too. Yeah. I, so Kevin Owens bullies Sami Zayn into saying yes to a match and then beats him. <laughs> oh, okay, so I at least understand what's going on there. Next week yeah. when Zayn presents the documentary, he will show this edited out of context and make mm-hmm. it look bad. Here's the thing, though. Owens, and the way they wrote this, really is being a dick during this. And yes, Zane's being disingenuous, but there's never this moment during that promo where it looks like Zane's getting ready to attack Owens. And like what needed to happen there is that Zane was getting ready to attack Owens. And it's very clear. Owens catches him, beats him to the punch, starts beating him down. And then Zane edits out that one key moment so that it looks like Owens is just the aggressor. But instead, what happens is that Owen actually is just the aggressor this whole time. And yes, we know Zane's been a dick. Yes, we know that Zane's a self-indulgent, conspiratorial ass. Um, he's convinced everyone's after him. There's this big conspiracy. Everything's out to get him. They're all screwing Sammy. He's got a he's got a documentary crew documenting him. Yes, yes, yes. We know all this stuff. However, this is WWE. They don't really do subtlety all that well. Um, that would be <laughs> that's like super subtle. Um, and, and Owens is not bringing attention to any of the disingenuousness in the promo because he's so aggro about getting this match at WrestleMania for reasons that are not particularly clear. Logan Paul's hitting a stunner on him. I bet too. Or yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Apollo Cruz has lost his last five intercontinental title matches. I just, and now he gets one at mania. Okay, great. Uh, Rhea Ripley shows up, challenges Oscar. I guess this is okay, but it's funny to me. They're going, oh my God, I can't believe she's here. It's like, was she at last WrestleMania? And you killed her dead there when you should have made her a star. And there was such a downbeat between the last time we saw her on TV losing to Raquel Gonzalez. Yeah. Who's being heavily pushed. Doesn't count, not on the main roster. Yeah, yeah, but like... (laughs) Let's suppose, let's suppose that you thought wrestling was cool. Uh, not a common thought in 2021, uh, but you wanted to watch all of it because uh, you thought it was cool. Um, or maybe you grew up and thought it was cool growing up and stupid you, you still think it's cool. Uh, you would have saw that. <laughs> I legit, yeah, I don't have anything else for the main roster I want to go through. I'm just done with it right now. <laughs> and, and, and it's not even going to be the go-home show because the go-home shows are happening I realized this because I thought, okay, next week we're going to have all these go-home shows and it's going to be hard to watch. But no, it's only going to be the go-home shows for NXT because the go-home shows are sandwiching 
the NXT TakeOver next week going into Saturday and Sunday for Mania. So I'm just like, we have two more weeks to build. Yay. Uh, I, I, I got a little more to say. Like LA Knight here. Uh, LA Knight. Oh wait, loses. we're not on NXT. Okay, but yeah, okay, oh, I'd like, I, I, I'm sorry. I thought I thought you said we were done. I was, with I was gonna. I was gonna. Ha- I was gonna. I was gonna have a. I was gonna have a palate cleanser of my one note from AEW, okay. and then move into okay. NXT. Okay. Okay. My bad. My bad. I thought you said you were done with WWE, which oh, I. Oh no, I, I was done with the main roster. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I liked MJF's promo on AEW. I thought it kicked it into gear. It's a more serious MJF. A little more bloodthirsty MJF. I think this pinnacle thing might work out. I, I, I yeah. you know, Sean Spears is still, although they gave him the big win, they gave him the win in that six man, which was pretty good. It's, it, it, you know, it, it reeked of, uh, again, a kind of a Crockett squash from the eighties, but I liked all of it. Um, I have no problem rude. with those type of matches. Uh, it, like, look, you need undercard people. Um, and. I like the Varsity Blondes, as I've long said. I think the real mileage with them is when they finally turn heel. Um, I, I I actually like this little trio pairing because eventually if they want to turn heel on Dante Martin, that sets them up perfectly for a tag team feud with uh, Top Flight when uh, Ma- Martin's tag team partner gets and, back. And it goes into old school wrestling logic that tag team wrestlers are best as a team, not necessarily as a yep. solo guy, even though that this isn't a six-man situation. He's not with his partner. He's with people he doesn't know. So I dug that a lot. Uh, yeah, Baker's- no, uh, it doesn't hurt them. It doesn't hurt the Varsity Blondes or anything. And, and yeah. it gives them experience with all these guys and also like long term there's an interesting story that continues to get built between griff garrison and mjf and i would love to see that like if garrison can get there uh he's got to work his way up to this um but if garrison can get himself there uh, there's a real interesting feud to be had with mjf and garrison uh going back to that one time where mjf really made it a point to humiliate griff garrison in the ring on the microphone throughout the course of that match. Oh, I had another note. I remember uh, actually this, this will bounce off the, the first one though. Does Pinnacle need a woman? And there's an obvious choice, but she may never get signed. Would, would Britt Baker fit in to Pinnacle? You, think? you know, it's funny that you mentioned her. Uh, I had actually had a similar thought this week that like Britt Baker in Pinnacle is really interesting. And I think it makes some sense. Uh, I think it gives her a little something else. She didn't need it, but I think that Britt Baker and MJF also is a fun dynamic, and I like I like those two as like a. It it gets away as, from as the a, flunky aspect of having Rebel there, as well, Reba, um, you know, which is more comedic and the dentist office talk show and stuff. It makes her a more serious wrestler to me. I think, and I think there. we're at that point. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I also thought I, I get wanting to get her back on the heel side of the ledger and making sure you get your heat back uh, with that promo. Maybe another course of action, though, would have been to turn her face. Um, kind of shake up this division a little bit here. Mm. Uh, take Conti as pint size killer. I'm here for this. Yeah, I love. Look, they got a little winded towards the end of the match. And you can tell they hadn't been in a match that long. Neither of them for a while. But really, this is just this is an indictment of the performance center and the drills they have them doing there that they're not they're not using people's natural skills to then make them natural wrestlers. She is a judo black belt. Use that and then teach her how to grapple a little bit better. 
instead of doing flips and doing choreography and dancing and work with her to figure out a match yes style. so you yes. see, you figure out what some of these key judo throws are going to be and you get kind of a sense of them and go okay cool i like that i like i like that that one toss that's neat so when you do that get back up and and you can kind of then you bring back in the pro wrestling stuff and build the pro wrestling around the judo moments yeah and i, yep. I thought that was great for her. i thought that was a great win for her Yes. She has personal. She still needs to work a little on the acting. I get it. I think it's a little bit of a, it's a bit of, bit of a sore spot. But as she moves up, but for right now, she's great. Hopefully, she can learn to cut a good promo in English as well. I haven't heard one yet, but uh, yeah, I did have a lot yeah. of notes on AEW, although I enjoyed the show quite a bit. So yeah, uh, this okay. So my my one big thought with AEW is. The the turns are leaving everyone cold. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The, the the rapid the rapid turning and the rapid succession of a lot of these turns. Like you you forget about people turning and, and it just it, it is not heating people up. It is cooling people down. Agreed. Um, Brian and, Cage is gonna be cooled down from getting away yes, from this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and and so if your turns are not creating heat. Um, they're bad turns. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really it's the best way to grade them. Uh, and like, obviously, they can go wrong after you do the turn, where you have like a clunker of a match, or like you know, they, they, this person can't execute it. But if the first thing out the gate is, well, it doesn't seem like they're getting hotter because of this. Like Cage does not seem hotter after saying Sting. You know what? I respect you. Okay. Well, that was that the right move? Uh, maybe it will be. That's actually one I don't feel as cold on. Um, but yeah, like I, I, the Bucks, they have gone so many different directions with the Bucks here in the oh, last six yeah. months that like, I just don't care anymore. Um, and I will say this too, Matt Jackson, not a good enough promo to take me on the ins and outs left and right here. Uh, when we're going hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold. C- Cage is one to me that, that, that I respect you sting. That's one you do. And you just let it simmer there for a while, for a few weeks, even a few months, even. Until you get into another big feud and maybe Cage loses a match. And it's like, well, that's because you're going soft or whatever. And then the rest of the guys can turn on him. This is, they're, like, the whole Ricky Starks is definitely playing passive-aggressive about it. You know, in the whole, you know, are you okay, Starks? Yeah, okay. Type of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Uh, yeah. Uh, NXT Universe will end with that. Oh, well, uh, real quickly, uh, oh, John Silver, I thought he had a really nice match here. Um, I like, look, I like Silver. Um, I, Separated I thought, shoulder post-match, separate, though. He legit, yeah. he legit injured it. That's a shame. Uh, uh, apparently, we'll be back uh, within four to six weeks. Doesn't need surgery. So, good. that's cool. That's a good yeah, thing, as opposed to cool. Danny Birch, who I think yeah. is going to be out for a while. I know. Uh, 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 we need to talk about that when we get to NXT UK, because that, that changes belt rules in a serious way. One moment in this match that I thought was like, silly was when Darby Allen does a coffin drop on the entirety of the dark order. And like, like it was, it was utterly gratuitous. Like, like he didn't need to do that. And given that this match was kind of a, a sporting contest, like this was meant to be like a tribute match to Brody Lee sort of thing. Um, Darby Allen going in gratuitously attacking the Dark Order when they had not attacked and when they had not actually attacked Darby, I thought was was too far. Also, looks like they're doing something with uh, Allen Five Angels uh, or uh, the one guy who they forgot yeah. the left of the lawn. Yeah, that five. guy's gonna. Yeah, five. Yeah, five's in trouble here. 
Yeah, I, I, I like that. I liked the post-match when, when it became the scrum between the Dark Order and everybody else kind of get. I love that Tenkati, zoom, right there for Allie. I thought that was neat. Yeah, you know, it's a oh, fun I show. Oh, I think Matt so. Hardy's going to buy five. That's where I think this is going. Oh, okay. I th- okay. Yeah, I, I think Matt Hardy purchases five from the Dark Order. or like You think they're going to purchase- break him off? Okay. Yes, yeah, or he turns them. You know, you know what I mean? I, I'll make you big money. Dark Order's not actually taking care of you. They're always leaving you on the lawnmower, or they're leaving you off the lawnmower. Uh, that you know, <laughs> they may, they, they're always leaving you off the lawnmower. One of my big problems is like you're always leaving me off the lawnmower. You never invite me. Why did Joseph Connors need to get his win back against Jack Stars? Well, Joseph Connors is a pretty hot guy, and he's been a protected entity inside of NXT. You. You. No. no, you won't. You will. You will respect me I, because I, I think know. that he's he's okay. Wow. This I this show just took a real move this off show, the rails. Well, so did NXT UK this week. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, kind of oh, like you. You didn't think the Supernova sessions with Seven was red hot? Oh my god, that went on forever. <laughs> that thing went on for friggin' ever. It was agony. Just, it was agony. They, just to get to Shaw Samuels coming out, and they, oh, we're gonna have it. I'm Seconds. his friend. You forgot about me. <laughs> I'm actually friends with him. <laughs> with the exception of the main event, which we'll get to, because that was a manly, manly match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, dude, I, coming around on Gradwell with me. You get, you get I, I came around on Gradwell yeah, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, I liked, but I did like the Piper Nevin, Niven Pep, <laughs> Piper Niven Pep talk after, after the match to Stars. I thought that was a cool little cute moment. A little stilted, but still kind of, you know, hey, you know, actually have friends and stuff in wrestling. It was kind of, kind of nice. Uh, I am, I am despondent that I don't think we're ever going to see the wild boar Mike Hitchens again, Chris. I, I can't decide because part of me wants to go. We'll never see Mike Hitchman again. Uh, he's been let go. They come from the hunt. However, this is WWE television and they keep mentioning him, which yeah. makes me wonder if maybe Hitchman's coming back to feud with Eddie Dennis in the hunt, which would be idiotic, uh, but like babyface boar, stranger uh, like, things have happened. I mean, he, he he comes back and he joins up with uh, South Wales subculture, and and they have like a three on three match. So like, like, I don't know that Hitchman's out of the company. I re- like they keep mentioning him, and if he was maybe, really maybe born, he's now the mild boar. And he comes yeah. <laughs> you know, the he's wearing tame, a suit. The tame boar. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like Tyson T-Bone, but this this tag team combination really did not click for me in some ways. It, it's like, I like them. They have a good look, but they're no longer yeah. the hunt. They, yeah. They, they, it's not the hunt. They're like two brawler. Tyson T-Bone looks great, too. Like, he, yeah. he's, clearly, he's clearly been putting in some work. Uh, I've always... I, I've always liked him. I've always thought he's like got a tough look, but dude's covered in tats and is in really tight shape right now. And like, I he that's great. I like him and Primate on paper, but they're yeah. not the hunt. And, no, and, and they're the, not. And they're, Primate they're suits and khakis right now. And yeah, and Prime Primate's still wearing the uh, the GI Joe stuff from yeah. from the uh, from the anything which that match uh, still he, possibly my match that, of the year. I, I that call thing that was one fantastic. that's his guerrilla warfare outfit. Guerrilla warfare, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not as primatey anymore. Uh, no, so it's kind of it's kind of sad. I've turned on Pretty yeah. Deadly though. I've turned on them. I like them now. Oh, they yeah. are such flakes. Yeah, yeah. They are such outstanding, flaky, 
heels, the side uh, the plate The line about my mother me. being an idiot. That's ace-level heel work. Invoking your mother and talking about how she's always wrong. Oh, like these guys get it. They that's get the how next, to heal. That's the next crew to bring over to NXT. From, uh, from UK. I, and, I, and I've always been up on that twerpy, horrible theme song of theirs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. They're great. Uh, is it time to get to that main event, or is there something else that hit? I mean, well, we, had yeah, another I, seg- we had another segment in the longest-running angle in UK history. Yeah, and, and I, it's, <laughs> it's, your heart's going to be broken, and I'm going to be despondent. I don't know how we're going to get through this cast. When Kenny Williams and Amir Jordan break up, but I, that's it. Seems that's where we're going here. Um, let's get to that main event, though. This main <laughs> event. Woo! Woo! Oh there, man, I was watching this. And oh look, man, I Sam Gradwell. I'm not gonna say he was taking liberties with Young Ilya Dragunov, but some of those shots with the if you've never been hit with a cord like that, and uh, hate to say I have been. Um, uh. There was that one early on the back of the head that that you could tell stung Ilya something fierce, and he was not he was not happy. And some of those shots afterwards weren't exactly hitting on uh, toughened parts of the body. Let's put it that way. But this was this was some manly stuff from both gentlemen. I'm liking loose cannon Ilya Dragunov quite a bit. Uh, this was a this this was this was a hose worthy match. Let's put it this way. I, I said hose me about ten minutes through, because they were they were. Although <laughs> the steps being the most that that part where he's begging off the stairs, these hollow ass stairs. <laughs> the the know. only thing that sucked was the I have a kid that that I have a child that you have a child. The the thing I did like though was the body slam onto the stairs and yes. dragging off. Who is normally a little bit like. A little over the top with his selling style. Uh, I thought he did the right thing here and sold it like it was brutal death agony. An amazing yes. sell. An amazing sell. Um, I thought he really up. hurt himself. I just yeah. was like, man, he is. No, and he is great. He is. He's crying and he's shouting at the same time. It was that is the match of the week, kids. Go out of your way. If you don't no, watch NXT UK. It's a coming out match. It's a for solid little hour that they do. I'd watched that match, and then from earlier this year, I'd I'd watch the well, I'd watch the I'd watch Kaylee Ray versus Mako Satamura. That was a great match, and then the uh, the uh, South Wales Social Club versus the Hunt street fight where Eddie Dennis takes the uh, man. As you're listening this off, it's as though NXT UK has on on average at least one good match like actually pretty darn good match a month and i know uh the online wrestling community has about five and a half jokes and we love every one of them and we squeeze every juice out of those lemons and one of those jokes is that nxt uk is not a real show uh but i i, I just want to stack it up it's as my if, favorite hour of, of wrestling uh, quite frankly and, and if i had to tranche out like all the aew uh various things elevation dark elevation dynamite nxt nxt uk smackdown raw nxt uk ranks sneakily high out of yeah. all of the different shows that i watch and it's not just because those other shows are bad it's because nxt uk is not trying to be something it's not 
It has a credible top-of-the-card champion in Walter and a credible top-of-the-card faction in Imperium, a credible mid-card faction in Gallus, a great women's champion in Kaylee Ray, Mako Satamora, a legend in her own right in this division, and you have these mid-card matches that have some substance and or some work, whether it's Gradwell and Ilya Dragunov, who had a great match with the champion, Walter, or is having a great match now in the middle of the card with uh, Sam Gradwell. Um, oh, by the way, they also do a nice job building people. Rampage Brown. Maybe you're not yeah. like, I love Rampage Brown. Okay, I feel you, bro. He's not the most exciting guy in the world. He's been built in an extremely coherent way, steadily, from introduction to defeating Joe Coffey in a meaningful match and getting the tip of the cap from Joe Coffey. And now he's on his way to a title match, which I bet he's you... He's a little cocksure. He's like, hey, let me find the big... Who who couldn't beat or who couldn't beat Joe or who could Joe Coffey not beat Walter? I'm gonna go knock that guy on his ass, yep, and he yep. did. And that you know, I am not I am not a Rampage Brown guy at all. I I don't see but a lot in a him, nice but job they did a him. nice job on him. Yes. Yep. I, I agree. They they do some nice slow storytelling from time to time, and it, and it's pretty darn good. And it's it's just not trying to be too much. Even something like uh Nina, my my girl Nina and uh, Zia Brooks. Oh, that that's been a nice, fun running gag. It didn't overstate. That is some pro wrestling, classic pro wrestling stuff. That that is some '80s territory. I won you to be my slave, so now I'm gonna get. She's eventually gonna get one over on 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 uh, on Zaya, and yeah. we're gonna have to go into another match. But yeah. uh, it, it, it's and, a nice and then you have one of the best pieces of long form storytelling in the last decade. Eat your heart <laughs> out, New Japan. Yeah, no. Okay, ghetto. What? Yeah, oh, ghetto. Oh, I love his booking in the G1. Well, you have Kenny Williams and Amir Jordan <laughs> on television every single oh, week, you people. Suck. <laughs> oh, I love the G1. Okay. <laughs> hey, Dick Togo's back, but. <laughs> I got Amir Williams, yeah, Amir yeah, Jordan, yeah. and Kenny oh, Williams. Oh, Tanahashi and Okada, uh, passing the torch. <laughs> oh, seven great matches. All right, all right yeah, all right, sure, all right. let's, okay, let's, people. Let's, let's suffer through NXT. The best feud in NXT right now is Escobar and Devlin. I, I hate to say this because they haven't fought each other, which is the best part of this. This match does not need a ladder, though. I know... Look, HBK coming out, it was a little too much for me. I, I just, I uh, keep them Subtlety's apart. not really look, his thing, Jeff. Yeah, I know, but we don't need a ladder for this. The ladder seems, we just got two guys who just are jawing each other that they're the champ, and now we're going to unify the title. I am good with that as a match. Yeah, I, I mean, the ladder is the idea of the convergence, right? You have the two sides, and they yeah. converge into one. Like, like I, I get visually why it makes some sense i'm with you i don't need it i want them to just have a banger of a match these are cruiserweights i want them to do high flying moves from the top rope to the outside i want a couple of key really awesome from the inside to the outside high flying spots a 450 to the outside something that's been sold like it means something big hard hitting um, if, if you want to have Legato involved in the match, you can. I'd have them done away with in a pre-match angle. So it's just these two guys, and we figure out who's the better man. Um, so at the end of this, uh, 
uh, someone, hopefully Devlin. Uh, I, I think it probably makes more sense Devlin than uh, Escobar. Although Escobar maybe maybe it makes more sense to really turn Devlin into a babyface at this point where he's chasing Escobar. Um, you have him screw up, but but that's the other problem with a ladder match. A ladder match makes it hard to actually do a screw angle because like anything goes in a ladder match. Like yeah, you know, when when there's no DQ in a ladder match, so here comes the rest John of Legato Cena, Del Fantasma. John Cena handcuffed Randy Orton to the corner. That wasn't a heel move. That's just like normal booking in a wrestling match uh, in a ladder match. Yeah. I am slightly disappointed that they stripped Oni Lorkin and Danny Burch of the tag team towels as opposed to just putting Pete Dunn in there. Absolutely. Or even Absolutely. or even Pat McAfee coming in to help defend the tag titles. Well, no, I mean it's it's incoherent, right? Like you you're looking yeah. at this cruiserweight angle right now, and that's an, an angle that basically is impossible if you followed the Oni Lorkin Danny Burch rules. Um so like what they're doing right now with Lorkin and Birch, or what they have done with Lorkin and Birch, uh, is a move of convenience, a move of boredom, perhaps, with Lorkin. Um, but it doesn't make any sense, and it's not consistent with the way that they have historically treated injured tag team partners. Like, uh, in the Undisputed Era, uh, they, they had uh, Bobby Fish get injured, and they just moved the belt over. Like, like mm-hmm. it, yeah, it, this is just not... It was a dumb way of doing this, and then I, I really hated Lorkin not coming out as more of a house of fire on fallen prey when he came out and had his squash match. Now he's sure he should absolutely lose to carrying cross. Yeah, yeah. But in that loss, he should be angry as hell. And it's an awesome opportunity to give fallen prey a really tough, hard hitting enhancement match because only Lorkin's out there with a specific thing that's gnawing at him that he's pissed off about this week. So he come out there and be extra hard hitting, extra stiff and cross can overcome him. It'll all make sense. And then you can down cycle only Lorkin. No one thinks that only Lorkin's on his way to a title shot anyways, but you give Karrion cross a hard hitting match to get us ready for his angle with Finn Bauer instead of what this match was, which was like, just kind of like a thing that happened. Do I want to sandwich the two things that were awesome between the things I didn't like, or do I want to do two good things now? No, let's sandwich it. Um, There's only, like, two women's tag teams in all of NXT. Are we really celebrating our defense (laughs) after that? I liked the angle with Mercedes. (laughs) The co- <laughs> she's she's gonna bleed that dope Robert Stone dry, which I'm here for. Aaliyah, God bless her. <laughs> she tries. I mean, she takes a great eclipse. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but yeah, but we're gonna go into uh, we're gonna go to Indy and and Candice. That's fine. But who do you have after that? Other than maybe we put Tony Storm and Mercedes back together. I just the point of the the these tag teams belts uh how quickly you forget about casey and caden how quickly she's not ready and i don't think uh i don't think uh i don't think old uh raquel and 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 uh, dakota are gonna be doing that but uh i liked i liked that match too i liked the uh the the uh zoe zoe stark io shirai match i think i think they're doing raquel properly i just I have my concerns as to whether or not if you belt Raquel, she can handle that part of the character. She comes well off as angry and next and the giant. I just don't know yeah, if she's she comes an awesome off. diesel. I don't know that she's yes. an awesome Shawn Michaels. Exactly. Uh, yeah. 
I, I don't no, that, think that's the best thing I've yeah, no, that's great. Continue. Yeah, I, I, I just like I really like Zoe Stark too. I think they're doing a nice job getting her into the mix. Uh, I, I, just, I think there's a lot there with Zoe Stark. I, she's, she's just something different, um, and, and she's a good foil for Raquel Gonzalez too. Uh, I like I, I just I like them as a potential future pairing. I have real concerns though, much like Diesel, uh, when it comes time to do the long form title match. Raquel Gonzalez is just not there yet, uh, and she's really she's really good in the spurts. Um, and what will happen when you put the belt on her, if you put the belt on her, is that it will become very obvious that like 20 minutes is not really her thing. Roderick Strong is a great pissed off jerk. And I like that about him. And I think he's right because both of you broke up my faction. <laughs> I mean, he should, I think he should still make mention of the fact that, hey, I turned on Pete Dunn to join you guys. <laughs> and you guys screwed this all up for me too. Kyle O'Reilly is not a dynamic house of fire baby face. No, hold on. Rewind here. I'm sorry, Jeff, but uh, when it's time to sell, it's time to sell. And Roderick Strong was presented a great opportunity to sell the IP for the Undisputed Era. (laughs) What I think is really, it's not going to get any any better. (laughs) So if anything, Cameron Grimes was probably screwing himself up here. Maybe we can do the ultimate. Nah, not that. (laughs) Roddy screwed Roddy is what I want you to understand here. Now go on to Kyle O'Reilly. Now, see, I, I kind of I want Cameron Grimes to go, hey, you were raised in a trailer park? <laughs> you know, kind of bond that way. Bring back that that little Easter egg from NXT. Yeah, this, this, this stare down with Adam Cole, I think it, it finally got on pace. <laughs> you know, it, it, William Regal's always a great headmaster. He'll always be the guy in the school. I don't want you students making a mockery of this institution type of thing. But but these Cole last couple of course, weeks have been a real testament to the fact that William Regal can't just rise above crappy content. This, this yeah. stuff with the cops has been absolutely dreadful. Yeah, and O'Reilly's kind of... Uh, monologue and his look his look is ridiculous he looks like a looks like an extra from the outsiders from 1983 <laughs> what is what is going on there but it's like like when he yelled look it in my eyes that was at least i felt like that was an ad lib of some sort so that felt natural but the other stuff isn't just natural it's like uh you know i sold my soul for this team and now i want my soul back it's it's a decent little line don't get me wrong it's a decent little line but he's been a part of the undisputed era for so long that i don't buy that and then the undisputed era became a good thing you know that this is the big problem with like i sold my soul for this group okay except that like in the tail end of the undisputed era run you guys were the good your guys. Yeah, yeah, your faces. Like, 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 so the moral redemption had already occurred, or uh-huh. like the the, but maybe not redemption. If you want to go, like, well, they never actually you know atoned for their sins. Okay, sure, fine. Uh, that's not how wrestling works, but like, I'll go with that. Uh, they still morally changed into being better people in a way that they were no longer the bad people they once were. Adam Cole diverged. He reverted back to the way they were. And they've all changed, but like, yeah, it, it it it's a little cold, man, and, and it's it's a shame because like O'Reilly and Balor was such a hot angle a few months ago, and th- this is not heating them up. And as I said, when you're not heating stuff up, that's a bad turn. 
I'll, I'll take Roddy Strong, Bobby Fish, and Ridge Holland killing both of these guys, please. But uh, I don't know if that's going to happen necessarily here. And now, th if if that Ilya Dragunov match was not just off the charts great, this might be my match of the year. Walter murder-deathing Drake Maverick was just fantastic. It's everything I want in a squash. It's, it, there's no BS. There's no gritty baby face come. No, he murdered death this guy. And it was fantastic. And then Ciampa comes out and gets murder death. Yes, this is what a heel faction is supposed to do. I love Imperium. I love Walter. I'm here for this, Chris. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very here for this. I, I like the hanging ambiguity about Thatcher. Will he or won't he? Uh, I liked that Drake Maverick, uh, one, his theme is bizarre now because it's now incorporated part of the whistling thing. Uh, like like the, the, <laughs> the WWE mashup genre. At some point, I'm going to have to write a research paper on like the weird. They're the worst. They're, they're, they're so, the worst. When they're they're a tag so team, they musical. To... It's like impressive how like disregarding of musicality some of these match mashups are like there's a much more musical way to merge them together and they come up with these these hideous just like smash cuts of things I, what, what, now hold on what was the worst one like i i can't think of a lot of them because like the ones from like the attitude era they do Van like Dango and, and tyler like breezes is pretty bad like, like, it, cause that, that Team hell yes was pretty bad too. Where you have fly the Valkyries and yeah, Kings yeah, yeah, together. Yeah, that yeah. one was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. Um, oh man. I think Jericho and Big Show kind of worked. Yeah. I, I want to say Jericho and Big Show kind of worked. Um, I mean, man, <laughs> I don't want yeah, dead no, air. No, I, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that, you know how, you know how uh, I feel about dead air on cast, but, uh, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm fine with this angle. Uh, I, I I think that's that's all I got. That's all I got. So next week it's gonna be a chuck full of. I think we're gonna have to do. Are we gonna have to do uh, all four shows or just the? No, no, we're just gonna have to do the uh, takeover because we still have the go home shows for for WrestleMania that week. So we can do takeover reviews while we're doing the WrestleMania previews. But next week, we're going to do takeover previews and our predictions for that. And they'll have the card all solidified and stuff. How does that sound? I mean, that sounds like what this podcast would be expected to do as our yes, piece is to so. cover <laughs> AEW and WWE. Um, and, it's and, a Jeff and, show. It's whatever Jeff wants to do, pretty much. And oh, Chris, uh, of course. Uh, okay. Oh, 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 and Chris, of course. Like, well, no, no, no. no, no but no, but, but how I explain it. No, here, here's how I explained it because this, this we used to get heat with Rob, when Rob was hosting too, and it's like, uh, and then that's how Rob kind of explained. It. It's like, eh, it's our show. We're gonna go where we want. And then after he left, it's like, well, it's a Jeff show. He's gonna go where he wants. And sometimes I think you're just gonna leave me again, Chris. And I'm never gonna have a co-host that wants to stick around. I, I mean, <laughs> if anything, my my entire career shows that I will, I will stick around. If there are 20 people listening to the show, but actually listening to the show, I'll keep making the content. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if if I was playing a show live, right? Like, if I was, you know, playing music and I, I had 20 people in the house, they're all actually there and they're actually there to see me. 
I, I'd be happy about that. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'd want, I've, I'd want it to be bigger. I've done comedy shows for I've done comedy shows for the light guy. So I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but if people are gonna come out and listen to you, if people are gonna come, if, if people are gonna take time to listen to your show, or people are gonna take time to actually come and see you play live in the city, uh, you gotta respect that man. You gotta play hard for him. Once again, thank you to my bookie. Use code ropes. Get up to one thousand dollars cash deposit back. You can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow Chris at DWATG. You can just follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. Again, if you just want to see our pretty faces spouting the words that we're saying on audio on YouTube, youtube.com, I believe it's slash Voices of Wrestling, but uh, I'll double check that so I have a better plug next week. Not going to edit that out. But, uh, anyways, uh, yeah, uh, if you just want to get when the new shows come out, I update the Shake Them Ropes all one word account and i retweet when voice of wrestling drops the audio so you don't have to listen to our banality on twitter although if you want that again i'm at crap game 13 chris is at dwatg chris dwatg stands for something what does it stand for (laughs) i make up words and Dwatka is one of the ones that I've been trying to get over for about a decade with limited success. Uh, you can go and find the show. Don't worry about the government over at don't worry. Dwat G <laughs> is your rapper name. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Dwat G in the house. Um, go and download it on your phone. Play your phone in your house. Play it on your TV. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Don't worry about the government's name of the show. Our patrons, patreon.com slash DWATG. Uh, trying to put out shows. Trying to do twice a week, been working more, so it's like more like once a week. Uh, there's an episode that I put out about Myanmar. It was like two hours. It's like just a straight me monologue show. If you want to hear me kind of go in depth about the history of Myanmar since about the mid 20th century to now, um, interesting show. I learned a lot playing together that show. You might check that out over at Don'tWorry.tv on iTunes, on Stitcher, and Spotify. That's it. That's all she wrote. That is it. 